Sometimes arguments can get heated and spiral out of control. Or how about the more than a billion those, people those who are aren't fanatical, do. who don't punch well, women, who just want to go to the store? Okay, wait a second. Sandwiches, wait a second. And while we all want to win our arguments, not making an enemy in the process can be even more important. Which is why today we're going to be looking at Trevor Noah and what you can learn from him about coming out of verbal scruffs not only on top, but looking cool, calm, and collected. First off, Trevor has a simple but effective habit to prevent emotions from getting too heated. His sub-communications indicate that he isn't there for a fight. To see this principle in action, take a look at this exchange from his debate with Tommy Lahren and notice Trevor's tone of voice compared to Tommy's. That's not, that's not fair and that's true. No, that's, no, 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 that's, no, no, it is fair, that's, Trevor, that's, because that's the shooter fair. said, point blank shooter said he's doing this because of Black Lives Matter. Yes, and there are many things you can say. As people get more frustrated, they have a tendency to raise their voices and talk faster, like Tommy does here. In this case, both sides' ability to change their mind completely shuts down, and they dig into their positions to prepare for a verbal sparring match. You can tell that this is beginning to happen when both people rush to talk over one another, like here. I go, I saw people and race as chocolate. I wouldn't use that. When, no, I wouldn't when use I, that. No, no. I, I'm that color. But I wouldn't say that. In these sorts of situations, no matter how good your point is, it's not going to be well received. So the first order of business is simply to slow things down and indicate that fighting isn't necessary. So as Trevor gains control, you can see him deliberately pause in these situations, which reduces the tension and opens the other person up to his perspective. That color. But I wouldn't say up, that. Listen, but, when I, when I yeah. grew up, when I grew up, I believed that all people were chocolates. A very basic but tried and true method when this starts to happen to you is simply to take a deep breath as you are about to speak. It helps to slow things down tremendously. Now, another key element that indicates Trevor isn't looking to fight is his inflection. In last week's Harvey Specter breakdown, we talked about how a downward inflection can be a powerful tool when you're giving commands, and that may have given the impression that upward inflections are somehow bad. This is definitely not the case, though. In fact, upward inflections are excellent for de-escalating conflict, because it reassures others that you're not commanding them or trying to control them, which is what gets most people upset set in arguments in the first place. Because you're the first person I've met who said this. I've seen this message online. I'm not labeling you as the bad person. I just want to know if you've ever thought of the how. That's all I want to know. The last key piece you see from Trevor about subcommunicating that you're not there for a fight is simply the ability to crack a joke. It might seem counterintuitive to slow down the flow of debate with moments of levity, but this actually makes you more persuasive since you're subcommunicating that you are on the same side as someone when you can laugh with them. Now, there's obviously tons of ways to crack jokes, but it can be as simple as misinterpreting a word, like here. And then I got closer to the campaign and I started seeing some of the things he was saying and I started seeing the effect he was having on people and the things that he was saying that was touching people and making them he was feel touching like people. Yeah, he was. He really was. Or just about any argument, you can just poke fun at the fact that both sides typically want to demonize one another, like here. And so I one you, of the you, you you one of the good ones. <laughs> Cracking jokes like this will help release some of the tension that comes when you're debating fiercely held beliefs and hopefully move you towards a more constructive outcome. However, keep in mind that if you are going to make jokes, you need to also be willing to take a joke and to laugh at it, even when that joke targets your side like here. He's so really partially crazy, partially crazy. Oh, hey, that works in Washington. <laughs> you got Bernie. <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
This should give you a good base of subcommunications, but the literal words that you use are important too. And that's why the next point is that whenever possible, ask questions instead of making statements. The reason this is so significant is that questions tend to come across as less confrontational than statements, provided that they're not provocative accusatory questions. Now there's two general kinds of questions that Trevor uses. First, you see genuine questions aimed at better understanding the other person's viewpoint. Again, note the upward inflection in this next clip that indicates he's seriously curious. And now I would like to know from your side, genuinely as someone who's won, do you believe that Donald Trump will follow through on his promises? The goal of these type of questions is to fully understand the opposing position. So many people get into debates with the straw man of the person that they're debating, assuming that they believe things that the Democrats believe, or Republicans believe, or Christians believe, or atheists believe, or whatever. You must recognize that you do not know any individual's beliefs simply by knowing one of their affiliations. You need to get to what they believe as an individual, and genuine questions are the only way there. To make sure that you're actually understanding someone correctly, a fantastic tool is to try to state back to them their own beliefs in your words, and to not proceed until 